Hi, dreamers. This is Lucy, and welcome to another episode of the Self Made Expats with Lucy Jan, where I interview expats from all across the globe to share their inspiring and motivating stories. Today, I'm here with Daniela Redondo Vales, a serial entrepreneur and the founder scout at Slimmer AI. Daniela was born and raised in Colombia, and in 2019, she moved to the Netherlands to study masters. Before moving to the Netherlands, she founded three startups in Colombia, and in one of her startups, she negotiated an exclusive partnership with Uber Eats, which doubled the revenue. And in another startup, she won the pitch competition and traveled to Switzerland to start Summit 2018. She is passionate about entrepreneurship and helping aspiring founders. And I'm super excited to learn more about her startup experiences in Colombia, how she helps aspiring founders, a slimmer AI currently, and also her life. Life in the Netherlands. Welcome to the show, Daniela. I'm super excited to have you here today. Thanks, Lucy. I'm super excited to be here as well. Thank you for having me. Yeah. Okay. So to kickstart, first of all, congratulations on making it to the TNW's list of the top 500 most talented people under the age of 30 in the Dutch tech. Space. This is a huge achievement. I was really impressed. Uh, tell us more about it, and I'm curious how you feel about it. Yeah, definitely. Thanks, Lucy. I'm also really, really excited about it. I mean, it's it's also a great uh, recognition. I, I would say, um, yeah. So pretty much, I mean, for for people that don't know uh, TNW, it's it's called the Next Web. It's an organization uh, and a network actually in the Netherlands that selects. Uh, talented uh, young people that are in the ecosystem and connects them as well, because it's also about connecting people that, that are like-minded and that are passionate about this ecosystem uh, in, in tech. Um, and I was yeah, one of the elected ones uh, for this year uh, in, the, in this uh, TN500 uh, under 30. Uh, so I'll get the chance to meet uh, with other, let's say, uh, young uh, creators, as they call us, oh. uh, under the age of 30 um, with different backgrounds. So some people are founders, some people are working in the startup ecosystem, some others in corporates, in tech. Um, so, yeah, it's it's really exciting. And they also host a conference um, in the summer. So I also get to go and, and attend the conference as well. So really, really looking forward to it. Yeah, is it the one that's happening in Valencia in Spain? I think I checked the website. Is it? So there is one happening in Valencia now, uh, but there's normally one happening in Amsterdam. Uh, oh. So I'm, I'm, I'll be joining the one in Amsterdam uh, in the summer. Wow, super cool. I mean, like, yeah, when I saw this, like, you were, like, kind of, like, elected for, you know, this top 500, I was like, wow, this yeah. is, like, a huge, like, achievement. I mean, like, this is really huge. Congratulations again. Thanks. Thank you. <laughs> Yeah. So, I mean, you have, you know, a lot of experience and expertise in the SaaS startup scene. Um, and you're currently a founder scout at Slimmer AI. And you also founded like straight different startups in Colombia before as well. So I'm curious, like when and how did you know that? Because like in your career, you've been working in startups and like everything is related to kind of a startup space. So I'm curious to learn like when and how did you know that this is something that you want to pursue in your career? <laughs> yeah, that, that's a great question. And I mean, I think it's, uh, 
I was really lucky from from a young age to to know what I liked and, and what I wanted mm. uh, in terms of my career. So I've always really liked business in general. So how businesses work and and the opportunities that you can create uh, out of let's say a challenge, a problem, or just a gap in the market, if you wish. Mm. Um, so from a young age, I was the one at school uh, selling stuff or buying something and then reselling wow. it from, like also making brownies and selling them like this type of. Uh, uh, entrepreneurship when I was a kid, if you wish. Um, and then, of course, that was transforming, right? Then, of course, the technology part and component came into it. And it was like, oh, wow, like there's quite an opportunity for um, technology-based type of solutions. And, and I started getting into that, as, as you mentioned, with uh, the companies that I had. So one of them uh, within the SaaS space, another one was more of a marketplace uh, Named Datus and, and Rentap, uh, respectively, um, and and I was really really curious and and and, and really wanting to learn more and and just figured out how these things could impact the way we live and and the things that we do and and how businesses operate, um, and and then with that in mind, well, after starting these companies uh, and when I moved to Netherlands, I wanted to first get to know the ecosystem uh, before I would uh, start being a founder again, which is also part of what I wanted uh, for, for my journey, let's say, in, in the near future. Mm-hmm. Uh, but in the meantime, I wanted to understand it from, let's say, different, as I always like to say, different seats uh, on the table. So if you mm. think about the startup ecosystem as a table, uh, I like to sit in different uh, chairs and, and just learn about it from, from a different perspective before I go back to the founding uh, chair, if you wish. So that's a bit of how, let's say, this is also related to what you say. Well, it, it's kind of the commonality uh, in between that. But... Yeah, I think I was just uh, really lucky from an early age to know that uh, businesses and the startup ecosystem was something I was really, really passionate about and interested about. Also about building teams, uh, which I think mm. it's also something really, really cool that I get to do, especially now at Slimmer AI. Wow, super cool. I mean, uh, yeah, a couple of things that I, I, I noticed that like what you mentioned earlier about like, you know, uh, you you like to, you know, experience different seats in the star ecosystem. I think it's really smart. You know, you yourself, you were, you know, you built different stars before and now like you're you're being a you know founder scout and now you're working with other founders and helping them, supporting them. So you experience different kind of like experiences now. Um yeah, I think this is amazing. I think this is super smart. And uh yeah, I mean like yeah, for myself, I don't have any story like, you know, I, 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 you know, in the previous interviews as well, like there were some founders who have, you know, since when they were young, they were selling some thing, things you know, in school. I actually noticed quite a number of entrepreneurs actually did have the experience. I'm like, wow, you know, when I was young, I didn't even think about that. <laughs> so I'm like, whenever I hear this kind of story, I'm really impressed. Wow. <laughs> Thanks. Very impressive. <laughs> okay. Uh so now you are living in the Netherlands. Um so it's been almost 4 years, right, since you moved to the Netherlands? Yeah. From Colombia. Oh my god, time flies. Yes. <laughs> yeah. And Colombia, I I haven't been to Colombia yet, but I know like I heard so many great things about Colombia. It's so like beautiful place, you know, Bogota and is it Magdalene? Right? Mag- no. Medellin. Medellin, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, 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 yeah. You're almost there. Yeah, almost there. So, yeah, I mean, like, obviously, I'm curious, you know, how different, like, each country is, like, Colombia, you know, and Netherlands. And also, I'm curious to hear, like, what 
attracted you to move to the Netherlands? Why Netherlands, right?、Uh, and also, like, have you always wanted to live abroad? Like, I have so many questions trying to. Trying to yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And I think we we could spend the the full hour just、uh, talking about this one. I think because、yeah. there's so much、uh, to say, at least, and and of course, so many different experiences. And of course, I'll be talking about mine personally, but. There, there's different things that, of course, can attract、uh, someone to a country or what they connect with. I think, to me personally, I had a quite,、uh, let's say, strong connection to the Netherlands the, the first time I came here,、mm. and that was actually before、uh, before moving here for my masters in 2019. So, when I was at university back in Colombia, so I was doing my bachelor's、uh, in business administration, I had the possibility to do an exchange semester abroad. And back then, so 2014,、um, I actually went to Maastricht, so in the south of, of the Netherlands.、Uh, mm-hmm. There's a university there, Maastricht University, and and I went there for six months, and I loved it. I loved every、uh, second of that experience. I found it really, really cool.、Uh, the whole environment. I really liked the the country. I really liked the university, the people I met.、Uh, there were quite some people also from Germany, from Belgium, so it was quite international.、Mm-hmm. For some Dutch people,、um, so it was it was really 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 nice. And of course, I went back to Colombia. I finished my studies. I started with the companies, but but I always had that feeling that I had to come back. That I had、oh. to really、uh, figure out what was it about the Netherlands or what was it about that experience that I enjoy so much,、uh, and, and and to see if, if there was something there for me. Let's let's put、oh, it like、wow. that. That was pretty much that. That、uh, connection that I had、uh, with the country, but of course I, I didn't know, right? Like, I mean, I was a student, I was having fun, I was on an exchange semester in Europe、yeah. with friends, meeting a lot of people. So, <laughs> I could argue, depending on like wherever I was going to be, it was going to be fun.、Uh, so I said, okay, I just want to know, like, what is this, right? Like,、mm. what is that connection? And say even validated, if you wish, if we now、mm. take the business approach to this. So I said, okay, I'll just、uh, try it out at some point. Back then, I didn't know when,、um, but then the, the time came, and in 2019, with this master's idea, and I was like, let's just go, figure out if I like it, figure、yeah. out if if I if I feel the same way,、uh, figure out if I can find a job or something to stay because I also don't have a, a European, let's say, passport at this、mm-hmm. point. So I would also depend on these visas and then、uh, yeah, residence permit if if you wish. So. That was kind of the idea, and and I figured out、uh, when I came. I mean, you already said, or let's say we spoiled it from the beginning. I'm living here, and I told him it's going to be four years. So, so I really liked it, and I felt that connection again.、Uh, but but going back to also the original question, so what are the differences? And and there are yeah, and and there are some things that I love about Colombia, and there are some other things where I feel more comfortable in the Netherlands. So it it also depends, of course, on how you balance it. I, I like to say that I have the best of both worlds. So every year I also go back to Colombia, especially in the winter times. Just in、mm. January, I was there, and I get to recover a bit and then see the sun for a bit longer, and and just have nicer weather than than what we have here.、Um, but but if we think about people as well, like personalities are are quite different. So, yeah. For example, if you think about、uh, Colombian people in general, we, we tend to be very warm and very welcoming, and、mm. I think the Dutch people are also, but in a different way. So they、mm. also, let's say, have a bit of a more Um, limits when it comes to let's say their space and and,、mm. and their their planning or their scheduling even if you reach their agenda I mean you've lived here as well so so I'm sure you you also、um, can recognize that 
Whereas, let's say, uh, Colombian people are a bit more open and more flexible when it comes to time. Mm -hmm. There's actually a book that I really like that speaks about these cultural differences. Uh, and they say, for example, time, it's, it's, it's a concept, right? It's a construct that we have uh, created as a society. Mm -hmm. And then, uh, let's say, uh, in countries like the Netherlands, the, the conception of time it's, it's, can be, let's say, described or, or, or seen or imagined, if you wish, as a straight line. So oh. it has a starting point, it has an ending point, and then you go with it, right? Like, yeah. it's how you plan things. And then and the, the funny thing is that in, in Latin uh, cultures, and let's say in Colombia as well, it's more like a circle. So you oh. don't know where it starts or where it ends. So, for example, let's say, and I always like to tell this to friends here, like, let's say if you're in Colombia and you're meeting with some friends for lunch, Uh, on a Saturday, like you might end up partying that evening and going to a bar also with your friend because that lunch can, I don't oh. know, turn into your friend meeting other friends and then you just keep on going, right? You just go with that oh. with that flow or that circle thing. Well, here it's more like, okay, you start here, you mm -hmm. finish here, we meet for lunch. So that's more or less one hour, one hour and a half. Then you move on to the next things you need to do because that's how you plan. And Again, both are fine. I think I, I like the, the Dutch approach when it comes to work and, and the things that you need yeah. to do and like how precise everything can be. But I do like a bit more the, the, the social approach uh, in the Colombian way to like, uh, let's say, life outside work. Um, so those are some things that, that are, I would say, quite interesting from, from my perspective. Uh, and then, of course, there are other things, right? So also in the Netherlands, there's quite some opportunities. Um, so I'm, I'm really enjoying that part. And actually, and we spoke about this when we briefly met earlier, um, the opportunities that you can create. So, for example, I mean, I never thought maybe when I was in Colombia that I could be a founder scout or what would a founder scout do, actually? It's cool. Uh, Such a cool job title, isn't it? Yeah, <laughs> it's so I, cool. I really love it. And And then it's, of course, that possibility or opportunity to actually create that uh, role and, and figure out what actually a founder scout would be doing uh, and, and giving my own touch as well uh, to it. So I also really, really like that uh, from the Netherlands. Uh, and also, for example, the safety. I mean, uh, Colombia is mm. it's a wonderful country. It's, it's really amazing. But I mean, there are some safety issues uh, sometimes. So you need to be careful, of course. Um, so in that sense, I mean, here you can cycle uh, in the evening and it's, it's going to be fine uh, in yeah. most of the cases, of course. Um, so that's also some, let's say, differences. But I'm, I'm, I'm happy with uh, being able to enjoy the both, uh, the both sides of, of, let's say, the cultures. Wow. That's so cool. I've never, honestly, this is the first time that I heard about the time concept, like as a straight line in the circle. This is so cool. I've never thought in the way. So would you say that, you know, would you say that your maybe like personality has changed a little bit or like you're kind of like forced to change a little bit or adapt to the new culture after you move to the Netherlands? Would you say that? Yeah, that's a good question. I think I've, so When it comes to work, for example, I always have been more of the Dutch way of work. Even in Colombia. Yes. And oh. I think that's what also made me like feel really comfortable here. Uh, but when it comes to the social uh, life, and let's say if we go back to the circle line example, <laughs> more of a circle uh but of course you need to adapt right because mm. i mean i do have such friends and if they are like okay i cannot meet you um uh, tomorrow or today because that would be crazy mm. uh i can meet you i don't know in two or three weeks just say yeah okay it's fine like you guys tell me when because i'm free i'm not planning all of this um <laughs> it's just funny because then you tend to adapt like now i write things on my phone because if i don't write it down i will yeah. forget it weeks that I had said this and they'll be there waiting for me because 
we yeah, said yeah yeah oh yeah that is so true uh, <laughs> yeah yeah that's also quite uh, a difference but i do have also some latin friends or some more relaxed uh, friends let's say that are a bit more in the circle side of things so yeah you, you need to find a bit of a balance but definitely you adapt uh, also to let's say the type of food or having lunch and we were talking with some colleagues actually about this yesterday that here people have lunch at 12 and they at have 12. a sandwich okay yes yeah, 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 yeah sandwich yeah, yeah. <laughs> and and you have a sandwich like in colombia yeah you have lunch later and you don't have a sandwich it's lunch, <laughs> it's a warm meal so it's also of course like how do you balance these things out and maybe over the weekends when i have more time i have more of a colombian lunch uh, mm. but then of course when i'm at the office like i just grab a sandwich yeah. so it's really kind of bending along and, and learning how to adapt from one thing to another what's kind of the the beauty of it i would say yeah wow that's so cool and i remember one of the things that i re- was really fascinated when i was living in the netherlands was that okay um i've never heard about the terms as me time i don't know are you familiar with that like when i was in the netherlands i heard that like people like dutch people like in the calendar like for example let's say you know, are you free? Are you free to meet this weekend? And that even if I'm, I don't have any plan, I have a plan with myself. It's me time. So, you know, I, and I was like, what? Wow, that is, I honestly, that was my, literally my first time ever heard about that term. I was like, I felt like super cool. And ever since that, I block my time as me time. time. Yeah, <laughs> I learned from Dutch people. This is so amazing because, you know, before before that, I always, oh, yeah, Saturday, I don't have anything to do. So, okay, let's meet up. But then maybe in my back, in my mind, I'm like, oh, I want to read a book or I want to do something, right? Yeah. So, yeah, it's super cool. And yes, like, yeah, like you always kind of need a plan to meet, you know, ha- you know, have a coffee with them or, ha- you know, have a meal with them, right? <laughs> Two weeks, three weeks. I'm like, at first I was like, what? But then like, oh, actually, this is quite handy, you know, like you can plan things out, right? Uh, but yeah, of course, like, yeah. you know, balance. Yeah, and, and, and I, yeah, exactly. And I think sometimes you can be spontaneous. Like, I don't mean like to, with all Dutch people, you need to plan everything like three yeah. months. Ago, but they will also joke about it. But oh, okay. in general, let's say you need to plan things in advance. Like you cannot expect someone to be free out of, out of the blues. Uh, yeah, they, they have to, exactly. do, let's say. So let's, I always joke that in Latin America with my friends, like you just go with the flow. So again, going back to the circle thing, if you want to do something in the evening on a Friday, then you on a Friday afternoon, start reaching out to people and say, oh. okay, what are we going to be doing? Right. That's, we're also on that other extreme of things. So of course, sometimes we plan or we say, okay, we're going to do something that requires some people to prepare or to come or to go somewhere. So of course you tell them in advance, but it's quite common that some friends text you like, Hey, what are you up to? And then if you're free, you do something, let's oh. say. So yeah, it's, it's, it's different. <laughs> wow. Super interesting. The culture is like very interesting. I feel like, wow. Yeah. Thanks for sharing. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Happy to. <laughs> So, okay. So I think like, you know, you're an expat living in the Netherlands. It's been almost four years. And I, you know, we talked about the culture different, like, you know, culture aspects as well. But I feel like living abroad in a new country is quite an adventure. And it also requires a lot of like bravery, right? The language is different and the culture is different. So I'm curious, like, you know, obviously you you studied in the Netherlands before as an exchange student, before you decided to move to the Netherlands for a master's. But like, would you say that, you know, how did you feel before you, okay, finally, okay, I'm going to move to the Netherlands for one year, two years, you know, did you feel like scared or worried? 
Yeah, yeah, actually, yeah. I mean, on my end, I was really, really excited because it was kind of, as I said earlier, a validation journey mm. to see, like, do I like this? Do I see myself going there or not? Mm. And, and and I'm always, uh, at least from my personality, I, I need to do things. I need to figure it out. So yeah. I wouldn't have allowed myself to keep on thinking, what if, what if, yeah. what if? Uh, but I just figured out, okay, let's just do it. Worst case scenario, I don't like it. I want to yeah. come back, but I have a master's. And yeah, exactly. I'll yeah. just get back to, to what I was doing. So, I mean, I also moved. And, and that's also something that I mentioned to people when they asked me, like, oh, how did you move and whatnot? I think when you move abroad to study, it's it's easier than when you move abroad for work. Mm-hmm. Because, of course, when you move in, or at least, I mean, that, that's the experience I've shared with people that have moved in, in different ways, right? When you move to study, you get to know people that you're yeah. studying with. Let's say everyone is kind of open, you're sharing, you're working in teams, you're working in groups. Um, there's going to be quite some activities, things organized by the university or associations or, I don't know, the gym from the university that you can go. So there are many, let's say, room for you to kind of integrate and, 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 and just to get to know the city. Even the university would organize probably something um, regarding events or something around just being a student. Let's put it like that. So I think that that makes it easier in the process of like just landing uh into a different country or a different city or a place you haven't been before and and let's say building that community around and 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 building your group of friends or those other people that are maybe just like yourself for the first time exploring this new country or city and 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 maybe it allows you to to have a soft landing in in that case Mm. i think when you for a job and and i've i've had some friends that have done that it's a bit different right because Mm. i mean already have a different type of lifestyle depending of course on the culture of your company you might feel a bit more welcome yeah you may not you need to adapt to True. some things people already have a recurrent life yeah. so you're kind of the one arriving so i think that's that's the bravery i would say it will take to move abroad uh, from from a job perspective i would say it's way higher and and i i definitely uh, acknowledge that for those that take that journey like there's a lot of uh yeah, bravery uh, there from from the person uh, taking that journey. Uh, also, of course, you, you don't know about the job, and of course, you want to to uh, to to do a good job, and and uh, I'm sure it can be done. But I I think when you compare it to the university journey, maybe the university is um, slightly more welcoming. Again, kind of uh, my my thoughts there. But uh, yeah, and in my case, again, it was more like, and I always actually suggest or, or refer these journeys to moving abroad. It's kind of like an entrepreneurial journey on its own. You need to figure things out. You need to work with what you have. Uh, <laughs> you, you have a mission, you have a vision, you want to get there, you execute uh, and, and then you get there and then you succeed, of course. Or if you don't, you learn from it, right? So it's it's really similar to that. And, and in that case, I mean, on my end, I was not scared or worried. I was just very excited to figure out what was this adventure going to be and look like, I think. Wow, I love it. Like, I love how you kind of like, how, how you describe, you know, moving abroad the journey as an entrepreneur journey. I feel like, wow, like she's like a true entrepreneur. I never thought about like moving abroad journey. Yeah, like, you know, validation and execute, execute. <laughs> need to do it. 100 percent and i thought yeah. i'm like yeah just moving country from country like you're an entrepreneur already like 100 percent. wow you need that to is... understand your audience your market like oh, yeah. where you're going culture adapt and i can keep on going 
That is so true. Wow. Thank you. Thank you for sharing. Never really thought about that way, but that is, yeah, that is really true. Okay. One question that I have, like, about the Netherlands. So, so now you, you know, when you decided to move to the Netherlands for your master's, you're like, okay, now I need to validate, like, what's in this country. Do I really like it? Do I really see myself here? What would you say, like, if there's one thing that you really feel like, you know, the most you're attracted to the Netherlands or the feel like the, I don't know, like, is it the vibe or energy or people or do you have like things, like certain things that would you, would you say? Yeah. Yeah. And, and I think that's really hard to explain. Yeah. So I also get what, what you're trying to, to explain with this question, because I think with, at least in my case, uh, when you know, you know, and, and you just I, feel it. Yeah. So mm-hmm. I think, <laughs> I think at least for me in Amsterdam, I mean, when the moments it clicks, uh, sometimes let's say I'm, I'm cycling around the city yeah. or I'm going from one place to another. And, and I used to have a commute where I would pass by the Rijksmuseum. So like really the museum area. And I would see this building, like everyone comes, let's say from uh, tourists all over the mm. world and they take pictures there and they go because it's quite famous. And I just go cycling there, like from my commute uh, from work. And I just think like, wow, like I'm so lucky. I just happen to live here. Like mm. this is this is my commute. This is what I see. And yeah. also now where, where I work currently, so at Slimmer, it's also in the center. So Sometimes people joke around like, oh, yeah, there's all these tourists around Mm. and whatnot. And then I'm like, yeah, but I mean, they're coming as a tourist and walking around, but I actually get paid to walk around here to go to my office. (laughs) It's always that kind of funny vibe, like... Well, I, I mean, I'm, I'm enjoying it. I, I reconnect with that present moment of just saying, "Wow, like I made it. I'm, I'm, I'm living mm. my dream, pretty much. I'm living what I, what I envisioned for myself. I'm, I'm living what's, yeah. I don't know, having that sense of, of being happy, being present, and, and yeah, the feeling of, of just being, uh, yeah, fulfilled. If, if you wish, I, I, it's hard to put it into words. I would say it's just, it's just a feeling you have. Wow, I love it. Wow. When you know, you know. I absolutely love that. <laughs> I mean, I'm really happy for you that you know you're you know you're really fulfilled with Amsterdam. I'm, I'm really Thanks. happy, happy to hear that. Yeah. 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 Okay. So I definitely want to talk about your entrepreneur journey. I'm really, really impressed. Um you founded three startups, right? Date Datas, Rent App, mm-hmm. and the Cakery. And I I believe you founded your first startup when you were in university, right? If I'm not yes. mistaken. And other two as well, like maybe right after the university. You were very young, I believe, at the time. I mean, you're young as well now, yes. but like, I mean. <laughs> younger. <laughs> yeah, younger, younger, exactly. So, yeah, I mean, like, because like when we are in university, we don't really think about like, you know, building a company. So I feel like, wow, this is like really impressive. So I'm curious what, you know, is there something that motivated you to be an entrepreneur and found your own company at such a young age? Yeah, I think it, it goes back to two to things, right? So one thing is, again, I said, uh, I'm lucky to have known that I really like businesses and the mm-hmm. entrepreneurial world, like from a young age from what I told you, just like selling brownies and buying things and reselling them and figuring out a couple of things uh, as a a kid. Uh, But then also that mentality of like, let's just do it and try it out and figure out what happens. Mm. Uh, And I think that mix was 
what got me actually into starting a company while I was still at university. And this was, let's say, the first uh, tech type of company, because before, as I told you, I would sell everything pretty much mm. uh, <laughs> from whatever I could find, like literally. Um, and then with this idea, I was with a friend of mine. I was 18 uh, back then. Uh, and we were actually at a restaurant. Uh, it's a quite uh, famous restaurant in Colombia. They have a, it's a big chain. And it's a restaurant that has so many dishes that the menu is huge. Uh, and and, and uh, everyone tends to order the same because you've been there so many times mm. that you just know what you like and you just choose for it. And then we were looking at when we were sitting there, we saw some people ordering what the other table had. So they were oh. like, oh, what is it that that person ordered? Because again, you don't know from all the information having that menu, like how do things look like? And, and this was 2013 on support for context so these things didn't exist when it came to like digital menus or anything mm-hmm. um and that's why we thought like hey why don't we digitalize uh, menus and and think about a way to make it easier for restaurants to show what they have to also adjust the menu because it would be annoying when uh, you'd see from restaurants sometimes that you would order something and like oh sorry we don't have that now yeah. and then it's like, it's like what you wanted and took some time to think about or maybe you would order from uh, the table next to you because you're like, oh, I want that, but I have yeah, no yeah, food. just looks good, right? Yeah. Um, so we're like, let, let's just let's just do it, and, and that's how it started. And it was more like, oh. okay, worst case scenario, the thing doesn't work, it's fine, we learn, uh, and we figure it out. But uh, yeah, either whatever the case, we're learning, and and it's gonna be quite an interesting uh, journey. And I did want it to to, or I do want still uh, to be a founder, and I see myself as a founder. So I was like, I mean, why not? This is this is something that I would like to try test out, and and we did that for a couple of years. We even had a, a launching um, customer, so we also validated and figured out where our niche was. So it was actually not all the restaurants, of course, mm-hmm. um, but we figured out it was mostly. Um, co-working spaces that had a restaurant because oh. especially when you had meeting rooms so people yeah. would be at the meeting room and they would want to have some snack or something but then the waiter would need to be like coming in and out and kind of checking in and out and that also disturbs the flow of the meeting and but then the restaurant it also yeah needs to sell so the idea was that there will be like a digital menu placed uh, on the meeting room so let's say the the team or whomever that was taking the meeting could just order directly and then the waiter would just come and, and bring it in. So that was kind of the the, the fit uh, that we found. Uh, and that was super cool. I was working at this um, co-working and, and going there every day and talking with everyone. And I knew the back office. I knew the kitchen. I knew everything um, from a yeah, operation perspective. So definitely a lot of learnings and really, really cool stuff. Wow. But like... Um... We're like, okay, I'm just just hearing all your story. Um, I'm really impressed. Like, how did you, I was okay. Because like, obviously when you were in university, studying like is, it it takes a lot of time as well. But I'm curious, like, how, like, did you like, is it because like, I don't know, like, is is something that you really are passionate about? So you're like working on it like I don't know after school and you don't mind it or like you know you get what I mean right like yeah 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 definitely yeah I think I mean it's it's a mix of things right so it's as you said okay how do you balance and then where do you put your time and, and allocation when I started this I was already at the end of my uh, studies 
So let's say I had some courses left, but uh, I was pretty much finishing, let's say, my, my studies. So I had some time to allocate on. But yeah, this is not a nine to five thing. So this is something that I would do after class, after school weekends. I would also be just working and doing my studying slash my startup project uh, from the from the co-working space and with a restaurant. I would be also having meetings with uh, my co-founder. So one of my co-founders was also studying with me, uh, the one that I was at the restaurant with when, when uh, we discussed the idea. Uh, we would just have study sessions and then we would have uh, business sessions, if you wish. Uh, yeah, or we would leave university, let's say, at four or five. Then at six, we were meeting somebody at, uh, I don't know, we had also a designer, so we would also go to his um, space or, yeah, we would go to the co-working, uh, yeah, you need to find time but yeah. as you said i mean i i just really loved it so that yeah. was not a problem at all it just gave me more energy wow. than it drained me if you wish wow it means like it's like entrepreneurship and then like building something and finding a solution i think that's what you're really passionate about i guess like that's why you, it energizes you rather not drains 100 and yeah. and and i think to me actually it's it's also aligned with connecting the dots if you wish and, and mm. helping people while you connect those dots right because it's like okay what do i know or what can i provide how can i help and and then okay what's the other person needing or looking for and you can think about that of course from a business perspective like what's mm. the problem what's the opportunity how can i solve for that but also from and that's also similar to what i'm doing within my role at slimmer it's also connecting people right like mm. what are the skills that this person brings or this founder what are they missing how can we match them like who do we know or who do i know um that could be a fit um and even if it's not a fit at that point like hey how can i just help connect mm. people and and and, and figure out uh, how to be of of uh yeah of, of help Okay, now we are talking about like your your current uh, job at the Founder Scout as Slimmer AI, which is super cool. Uh, so yeah, like connecting the dots. Like, can you tell us more about like what Slimmer AI does and how you you know help and support aspiring founders as a Founder Scout? Definitely, yeah. Let's let's connect the dots in deep. Yeah. So Slimmer AI is a, it's a venture studio, um, and and we support and work with founders at the early stage of building a venture or the ideation and validation process of building a company. And we do it in the B2B uh, SaaS space. So that's business to business software as a service. That's what it stands for. Mm -hmm. uh, where we believe uh, there's an opportunity for AIs or artificial intelligence uh, to create a competitive advantage um, for that company in the long term. Mm -hmm. So what does this mean in practice is that we are a company that have, let's say the know-how and, 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 the, the expertise to build companies. We've done that before. That's our model. Mm -hmm. uh, and founders that maybe are the first time founders, uh, let's say ideating or founders that have done it and really know what it takes and what it means to build a team. They come to us and say, well, we want to, to be ideating with you. We want to build this company with um, the expertise that you guys have and also with uh, your support. So what this means more specifically is that we can help build a company from the different components that it has. So from a perspective of what the company strategy is, the product vision, the product itself. And that means we actually have a team of engineers in-house that can actually oh, wow. write codes, who can actually deliver the solution uh, or the MVP. Um, uh, yeah. 
And, and then, of course, the sales, the marketing, like uh, how are we going to be selling to B2B? That's also a difference that mm. uh, the B2C or business to consumer uh, space. Um, how are we going to even if you wish within the, the marketing as well, like um, the branding of the company, yeah. like all of the thought process that goes behind um, as well as hiring people, like all the mm. talent that goes behind building a company, right? Like what are the skill sets that you need? Um, for example, most of the of the founders uh, that come to us, they, they don't have a technical expertise in many cases. Mm. Uh, so if you would need someone technical to develop your technological startup, you also need to be able to validate, like what are you looking for? So we also yeah. help them, of course, um, with that. And of course, all the legal, financial, operational matters that come with just running a company and starting a business. Um, so that's, let's say, what we do uh, slimmer. And what we're looking for uh, with, uh, let's say, with founders, and also that's that's my job uh, when looking for potential entrepreneurs, um, is, of course, someone that's, that's willing to, to go uh, that extra mile that really has that vision, passion, motivation, drive to create something big, like we're talking mm. about. Uh, an ambition level that's uh, that's going to be there for the long term and sustainable business, again, in the space that I mentioned, so B2B SaaS, AI, and also the domain expertise uh, of mm. the founder because we're generalists. So that means we've built companies in different industries uh, and we really know about the AI and the technology. But what we like to see or how we see the fit with the founder is someone, for example, let's say, that has worked a significant amount of years, let's say, within a space or let's say, I don't know, to name a few, e-commerce, supply mm. chain, logistics, climate tech, um, healthcare, if you wish. Uh, and of course, that they bring that expertise and, and know-how or even a competitive advantage by already knowing the place and, and, and understanding, you know, what the pain point is. Then we can help them, let's say, with the rest, uh, mm. with the rest of, of the areas uh, to tackle. And of course, building a team. So within my role, I look for those founders. And I also, once we have them in and we're ideating and working together, I'm also looking for potential co-founders um, that could be part of that uh, journey, both from the soft and, and hard skills. Oh, wow. Super cool. I mean, like, this is, like, really necessary for, like, for a lot of founders, I believe, like, you know, having an idea to create something is number one, but then, like, okay, how do I, how do I do all of this, right? <laughs> especially not for non-technical founders yeah i mean like i think i think what slimmer ai provides is like really cool and it's definitely you know what a lot of founders need to actually really succeed and the ai is like you know the future i mean (laughs) isn't it yeah definitely i mean you you probably have seen a lot and and maybe people are listening about chat gpt yeah Generative AI and, and what's coming on and and there's definitely a lot of potential. Something that we're we're careful about and, and that we like to do at Slimmer is hey, we, we don't build AI for the hype or for the just mm. the idea of like oh this is cool and everyone is doing it, but really where it's needed. Um, and 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 actually uh, the name Slimmer uh, it's actually in Dutch so Slimmer in Dutch means smarter. Oh, and it's because of, yeah, behind it's because we want to build smarter AI, so really useful one uh, that allows, uh, let's say, uh, people to work in a better way and more, mini- more meaningful as well, right? Because we have right now a lot of tools to allow people to actually focus on job that matters or like work that matters, uh, and and really use their full capacity, right? Like really, uh, instead of I don't know, like just. Uh, non-stop getting some documents and just typing some information about it and then it's just yeah pure manual work that there's no need to be doing so that's also the idea or the reasoning behind uh, what we do and what we're passionate about doing wow 
Super cool, super cool. And、uh, now we're, you know, we talked about like, you know, hiring teams and then, you know, finding like, you know, co-founders and stuff like that. And I recently read your recent post on LinkedIn about, you know, I find it really super cool, like finding the right co-founder. I think a lot of founders、mm-hmm. would resonate with this, you know, honestly, like finding a co-founder is a, one、yeah. of the <laughs> most <laughs> challenging. <laughs> <It's a difficult> <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, yeah. I mean, what are like in your opinion? You know, you know, you're definitely the expert in this domain. You've been, you know, working with you know other founders, but from your experience, what are some of the important things that founders need to think about when they're looking for, you know, to to look for the right founder? Yeah, I mean, I would say one of the first thing is, do you trust this person? And, and, that's the and hardest that's, question. That's, <laughs> That's already a starting point because if you can think about okay, we can talk about I don't know, like I'm a product person, I would need a salesperson. Yeah, great, you might find yourself, but do you trust that person? Because that's someone that's going to be joining you in that journey for hopefully a long time. Yeah. And if you don't trust that person, then yeah, they might be great at sales, for example. But how is your interaction going to work? Exactly. So, so the first thing I would say is, okay, do you trust this person,、mm. right? And and how do you build that trust? And and I think it 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 really has to do with open communication as well. So, how do you develop that, and and how do you build it, right? And of course, it's about also the skill set. So, if you're looking again, go going back to the example, if you're a product person, and you might trust someone that's also a product person, well. Might not be the most diverse or, or、yeah. inclusive team, and、uh, might not be the best for the company. So, try to look also for, let's say,、uh, people that are different uh,、mm. uh, to you. That people that have different backgrounds, different studies,、uh, different genders, different everything. Because I mean, everyone is a world. We were just talking about the culture thing and the circle and the line and whatnot. Like, this is super, super.、Um, Uh, interesting from from a company perspective as well. Let's say if one person sees a circle and the other one sees a line, well, you、yeah. exchange views. But if both see a line or both see a circle, well, I mean it's、yeah. it's okay, but you miss a bit of that creativity part of、mm. just like hey, let's just figure it out. We now have a circle with a line in the middle, and and who、mm. can、uh, work with that? So those are things that are important, but also with with values, right? And that all goes in line with this. Like, what are the non-negotiables、uh, mm. of both?、Uh, Uh, let's say co-founders. Some people might say, "Well, I don't know. For me, weekends are are are, are my time off、mm. because I really need to recharge. And weekends is the time I spend with my family, for example. Yeah,、and、that's that's fine, right? You just need to be open about it、exactly. because maybe the other person, it's all in. I don't care. Weekends,、yeah. whatever. I'm just gonna work, and 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 it's also fine. Just you need to be fully open about it、exactly. because if you're expecting the other person to work on the weekends just because you do that, but you never share that、yeah. those views. You might be having some conflict already、yeah. at the beginning for simple things.、Mm-hmm. It's also about the vision, right? Like,、uh, how long do this person want to be on board of this、uh, mm. journey, right? Like,、mm. are they in it for the long term? And even if, yeah, we are both in for the long term, like, let's just do that. Which happened to me actually in in one of these companies at the beginning, actually the one with the digital menu. We all thought we're in it for the, for the long term.、Uh, yeah, we're gonna do it. But I mean, runways are different. So the、mm. time that's Long term means for you or for another one, or maybe、yeah. an opportunity comes, and then you're like, "Oh, maybe、uh, I'm rethinking everything," or maybe the other co-founder starts rethinking everything, and then of course, everything it's a bit shaky, and, it, and it's not what you expected. So, 
you really, really need to put those things up front. Also, if we're talking equity, like what's the mm. expectation? Are we splitting this equally? Is someone, because they had the idea or started sooner, having a bit more? Like, are, do we all think that's fair? Because mm. you might say yes now, and then along the, yeah, but you always had more equity and you didn't hear us yeah. or whatnot. So it's all, let's say it could all lead to some conflict. So you want to be as open, as transparent and build that trust wow. from the beginning as, as you can. So... I mean, there's many ways to look at this, but I would say there are some key questions that, uh, yeah, are quite uh, useful when when thinking about this. And uh, yeah, that could help uh, from the beginning. Wow. Do you think, in your opinion, do you think that, you know, in order to trust that person, do you... Do we need to know that person for a long time or not necessarily? Great question. Great question. <laughs> so probably, I mean, probably if you know that person for a long time, you have built trust already. Yeah. So that's that's probably where, where that comes from. A lot of people are comfortable doing that. Mm. But I don't think it's the only way. I yeah. think you can also build trust. Uh, and, and that's also what, what we're doing at Slimmer. But I think it it really needs to start from an open conversation, from mm. a transparent point of view, from getting to know the person, uh, even as a person, before we're talking any business. So mm. let's say the two of us would start something. I have an idea and I, I like your profile. I want to meet you. We haven't met. Mm. Let's have a coffee. Let's have yeah. a chat. Let, let's get to know each yeah. other. What motivates you? What, what do you like? What you mm. don't like? Is there a nice feeling? Yeah, there's quite yeah. a nice one. Let's let's then talk a bit more. Let's go for dinner. And and you start on building mm. towards that. And there's some exercises also that, let's say from Slimmer and I perspective, we help them into this building, uh, you know, like a team. Uh, but it all starts, I'm, I'm, I'm literally saying, it all starts with a coffee chat. Yeah. Just meet informally outside of the office go for a walk learn a bit about each other and then based on that first interaction uh, feeling mm -hmm. then we can keep on exploring because yeah. if there's not a theater match from just having a coffee imagine yeah. turning a company <laughs> no way so, no way so that's definitely a way that, that you can start kind of building that trust and working towards that open communication as well wow it all starts from coffee chat, right? And explore how it, you know, feel, how you feel. Wow, that's cool. Yeah, that's definitely. Cool. And I think, I mean, at least for, from uh, what we do at Slimmer, we also make matches with people that we believe are complimentary. Oh, so since that's super cool. Founders, and let's say I see you and I say, okay, Lucy, she has lived in different countries, so she speaks different languages. Uh, for this market that we're going to be targeting, we need someone with that international vision, or we're maybe entering in Asia. So, super interesting. Uh, she has this uh, sales, uh, let's say, background. So let's let's reach out to her, for example. Mm -hmm. And then I have someone in mind that I'm like, okay, this person needs to enter this market, but it's maybe more Dutch based, for example. Mm -hmm. So that doesn't come there. Or maybe this person, uh, it's not that of a networker, if you wish, that's going to be out there. People, so you need someone on those side as well thinks. Uh, or maybe this person's super product vision and then mm. needs someone a bit more against Celsius. I say, hmm, Lucy wow. could be interesting. Let's connect them to, to have a coffee chat. Because if you would be also a product person, yeah, I could also connect you to have a chat, but also from a role yeah. perspective, there wouldn't necessarily be a fit. So we also do that, let's say, uh, scanning and, and, and matchmaking at a at a more specific uh, way. And then we suggest, okay, now go for a coffee chat with this person. Because I can tell you, I talk with hundreds of people wow. uh, and then we make only a couple of introductions and seeing wow. on that, we see, okay, who else can we, can we find or bring on board? Uh, 
until we find a match pretty much. I love that. I mean, like founders definitely need matchmaking, like, you know, this like magic. <laughs> and that's what you do. That's super cool. We, super we cool. about it. Yes. Yes. <laughs> so it's a cool. matchmaking uh, for founders uh, in a way. Yeah. It's like, honestly, like for founders, like to, even if like someone has a good idea, if you don't have a team, you cannot like, you know, it's not, can I, I don't know, like it's difficult to scale. Right. So you need a team, you need a co-founder, et cetera. So I think like what you do is so 100%, valuable. And, and also, if, if, yeah. And if you're going to be looking for investment, which is type of companies that we backed up, um, VCs, so venture capitalists mm. are also going to be looking for teams that can execute this yeah. and they're going to be looking for certain profiles and there needs to be a tech person and there mm -hmm. needs to be a product person a sales person yeah there needs to be experience within the team when it comes to uh the field or the industry that they want to enter so there's also a couple of things that we keep in mind as well um yeah to, to make this a successful company and a successful team super cool okay so i have just two more questions left uh, so, you know, uh, so you have like, you know, you moved from Colombia to Netherlands and you founded, you know, three different startups at such a young age. And now you're, you know, founder scout and slimmer AI helping aspiring founders. Do you have <laughs> it's a big question, but do you have a mantra that you live by? I have many. <laughs> <laughs> okay, tell me, tell me everything. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, I think, and it's also in line to what we're just talking and, and what gives me energy and how I like to do things. So one thing is it's always help out where you can. Mm. Uh, and, and it's really about, you know, like if you see an opportunity, if you see some way that you can help or impact somebody's uh, life or day or moment that you're part of, uh, just do it. Uh, and then, and it's at least to me, it, it makes me feel really good. So when I can say, oh, you should talk to this person, or like, oh, mm -hmm. have you looked at this opportunity, or just with a friend and just saying, hey, I mean, yeah, if you need me, I'm there. You know, let's grab mm -hmm. a coffee, let's take some time, I'll listen to you. So just be there and, and, and be there uh, for for people. And the other one, and and it's also something again that I just love is do it, uh, yeah. go for it. It's it's really about you know like. Sometimes we stop doing things because we always think like, ah, if it doesn't work, like mm, maybe I should not go for it. But I always try to think it, and that's kind of where, let's say, the mantra goes around is, well, I mean, if you do it, what's the worst that mm. can happen, right? Like the worst that can happen is that it doesn't work. Mm -hmm. And if you already don't do it, it's also not going to work. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's so actually, actually true. Doing it, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever. If the worst thing is that you don't get it, for example, well, if you don't try it, you also won't get it. So yeah. you're better off doing it. As simple as that. So just try it out, learn from it. Worst case scenario, you end up at the same starting point. Yeah, and it's not gonna happen. You don't do it. That is so true. I feel like you know when I hear your journey, I feel like you're really a doer, and you know you know execute right i think that's the thing like that a lot of people find it very difficult you know in any anything yeah. you know um we think i think it's, is it related to overthinking i don't know just like thinking a lot and just worrying a lot or what if what if what if and fear 
yeah and any and, and I think, yeah yeah go ahead sorry go ahead go ahead sorry no I was gonna ask like do you have any like mind trick that you know that you do you know to yourself to just yeah. do it yeah, I, <laughs> I, I, at some point I was reading about this because I found it quite interesting that some people let's say seem to be better at doing things yeah. if you wish or like seem to things and, and other people struggle a bit more and I was reading about this research on uh, accountability okay so I, I don't recall the whole thing but there's some people that tend to need some type of uh, accountability that's mm-hmm. external to mm. things an example and of course there's the other end of people that don't need an external accountability and both have their pros and cons let's say the one that doesn't need external accountability might sound better but it's not the case yeah so let's say let's say you are a person that needs external accountability so you might be thinking like oh i want to move abroad or i want to do this but i just don't don't figure it out i just don't know what to do right Mm. what's the next step and then how do i do it right um so you probably need someone that's uh, with you kind of maybe planning they're also Mm. planning how they're going to move abroad and then you check in and then that helps you in that journey right and you show up because you don't want to disappoint the other person mm-hmm. and because that's kind of the accountability. So, yeah, I mean, Lucy is doing all this job. I'll just show up. And yeah. <laughs> Same with going to the gym, right? You see some people that are like, oh, yeah, I just signed up for this course. I pay already for it. The class, I'll just go, right? Yeah, exactly. But it's not because, even though it's going to be really good for them, it's mm-hmm. not because they said it's so nice to go to the gym. But then you have the other, the other, um, the other uh, let's say, group. They want that people that you're like, oh, you're crazy. Like, how are you going to the gym? It's raining. It's super cold. And like, mm. yeah, yeah. But they cannot just not go. Like they just told themselves and they are accountable to themselves and they just do it. What the caveat in this one is, and I I'm, I'm tend to be part of that group of I'll just do it, but I'm accountable mm. to myself, is that if you are not uh, strongly motivated towards what you're doing, mm. you won't do it. Oh. Regardless of whatever external accountability, because you are accounting to yourself. So even if everyone else outside is telling you like, oh yeah, let's go to the gym and we meet there and everyone pay their class and we're all going to go. And if someone like me, who I believe I am part of that group says, well, I just don't feel like going today. Sorry guys, (laughs) I won't go. But then if I would be part of the other group for the people in the other group, then that really, really, it's something like, okay, I'll just go because Mm. I cannot just not go. I would say my, my advice there is identify which group do you belong to mm-hmm. and figure out strategies that can help you execute. So if you want to move abroad, but you think like, yeah, but I'm only thinking about it, create a support group around it. Mm-hmm. So let's check in with people on their goals and what they want to do when you share yours. And every week you guys gather with your friends or just mm-hmm. find a group that, that would also benefit from that. And if you are part of the other group that executes only if they are the ones accountable in a way, just figured out uh, what really motivates you. Like, what are the things that you would be doing regardless of anyone watching? Let's put it like that. So mm-hmm. I think that those are two ways maybe to look at it and, and to find that motivation or so-called motivation, which at some point is also just discipline. So I think that's at least how I see it. Hands on, this is the best advice that I hear about this topic. Like, really like because like this is very practical right this is such a practical advice um yet it's very encouraging as well like i don't know it's like you know when you hear this advice it's not like yeah just do it you can do it it's not just about that yeah 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. you like literally just like 
it starts from self-awareness. You need to identify yourself, which group you belong to, and then build strategies around around that. Right? Exactly. That's so cool. That's so cool. Oh my gosh, this is so cool. I, I, oh my goodness, oh my goodness, this is so cool. Which, which group are you part of, Lucy? <sighs> you <laughs> are you in the middle of figuring there there are actually four but i think these are kind of the most or at least when i checked it i don't remember all the four but uh i think it's it's an interesting uh yeah let's see I mean, way, way to look at it at least yeah i mean if i don't like yeah i mean if i'm new to something i i need accountability if i'm new to something mm-hmm. if it's something new like that i don't really know that I definitely need accountability because I'm like, oh, like, you know. Um, but then, like, if you're talking about gym or, like, daily things, I'm more mm-hmm. just, I, I'm just like, accountable to myself, if that makes sense. So it, it depends. Yeah, I have, yeah, like, yeah, both yeah. sides, yeah. I would say, yeah. I think it can also be depending on what's the matter at hand mm. and, and kind of understanding it a bit. But I think in general, yeah, we, we tend to like to look for some accountability. If we cannot do it by ourselves and we want to get it uh, from mm. an external source, that's also a way. But it's just, again, understanding or is it yeah. coming naturally or not uh, from, from uh, internally, let's say, or, or do I need to look it outside? And if it's outside, just go for it. Yeah. It's fine. Just look for, for help and look for a support network yeah. and, and then do it. Super cool. Wow. Thank you. <laughs> Okay, so last question. So I asked this question to all my guests. So if there is one book that you like to recommend to our listeners, what would it be? <laughs> yeah, yeah, great question. I think, I mean, there are so many. If, if you wish uh, from yeah, my journey that I've read and liked and, and from my career perspective and whatnot, but there, there's definitely one that I really, really enjoyed and actually really, really helped me out in that process of, of moving abroad. Mm-hmm. Um and I'll explain in a second why. But uh, the book is called The Power of Now. I don't know if, oh, if you know it. Oh, it's, Power uh, of Now. I love it. Okay, tell me more. Power of Now. And and I think what's what's really interesting about it is that it talks about the, the, the present moment, right? And, mm. and how somehow when we uh, focus too much on the future, we can create anxiety. That's pretty yeah. much just focusing too much on the future is anxiety. And if you focus too much on the past, that has to do with some type of depression, for example. So mm-hmm. you really need to find a balance in between focusing on what you have now, of course, to build towards where you want to be, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and, and that book was significantly important for me one year before I, I actually moved because one part of the story that I didn't share is that I was actually planning on moving here a year earlier than mm. I moved. Okay. So I was trying to do everything, let's say, in a rush because I figured out like, oh, I want to come back. And, and uh, that was something early 2018. But if I wanted to be coming uh, or come here in 2018 uh, in August or September, I needed to apply by April. And let's say it was already late March, April mm. when I kind of decided this. So it was too short, yeah. uh, let's say, to prepare and to do everything that I had to do. And then I was a bit disappointed. I was like, oh, I really wanted to go now and now yeah. I have to wait a full, like, almost two years, uh, yeah. pretty much, because it was early 2018 and I was coming here late 2019. So I was like, ah, oh, this is not nice. So mm. 
really, really not liking that. And then this book, it was actually a gift from my dad. I, I read it and it was about, I mean, it, it allowed me to, to change perspective. And okay. instead of telling me the story of like, oh, this is so bad and so annoying because I should have been already there mm. and like I wanted to be studying now and whatnot, it allowed me to reshift it and, and focus into, again, what the now was and, and what the power within that was, which in my case was you just get to spend... Uh, full year and a bit more with your family you get to enjoy your friends your life before you go to something that's probably gonna change your life and keep you away for way longer and I was not seeing that at the beginning Mm -hmm. I was really like oh no like this is so annoying like I cannot do it now and gonna waste some time whatever and I was like no no you're gonna use this time to better prepare uh, to to find some other opportunities or or find something that's just gonna get you in a better position when when you decide to go and that was pretty much uh, this, the switch, uh, let's say, that I created. So I think it's it's really important, especially in those situations where like, oh, what if I would have or like I would just want to be doing this and maybe you're not as happy um, with, with the present moment as it is. So it really helps you, I think, a bit appreciate or change a bit that, that mindset. So I'll definitely recommend that one. Wow. I love it. Power of now. I, I Yeah, I agree. Wow. I mean, like, honestly, like you shared a lot of like, juices today i mean like this is like life lessons <laughs> oh my goodness i'm yeah. just like i'm having a lot Can of be. aha moments right now i'm like wow this is like so many like straight line the circle thing about the culture and now this accountability thing you know and uh, now with this yeah like you know if you focus too much on the past depression future anxiety focus on you know present moment of course building something for the future but like i mean like so cool enjoying <laughs> every step uh, while, while you do it instead of worrying about uh, what's gonna come so yeah no definitely it also feels uh, very good and very nice on my end to, to be sharing this i hope it's also helpful for some other people as well i'm sure i'm sure it's helping me right now so i'm sure <laughs> it's gonna help so many people <laughs> thanks yeah, thanks. I mean, yeah, thanks for thanks for your time today. This is all the questions that I have for you. Is there anything that you want to share? Anything that you want to mention before we wrap up? No, I think, I mean, thank you for having me. It's been a very, very nice uh, experience and, and just sharing and even reflecting on, on that journey. It's it's always nice to do. Um, I'm super open uh, for people that want to learn more about uh, my experience or that think there could be a fit with anything that I said or just resonated with it. I mean, I'm always happy to to connect and, and that's part of something that I also enjoy doing. So yes. if you want to connect on LinkedIn, for example, feel free to do so. I'm, I'm more than happy and make sure you mention that you you heard the podcast. That would also be nice. Uh, but yeah, overall, super happy to to connect and, and very happy to have shared this already uh, here with you, Lucy. Thanks. Thank you so much. I'm going to, you know, link Daniela's LinkedIn whatever the link (laughs) so make sure to connect with her she's so lovely she's you know so kind so smart i mean you know driven (laughs) (laughs) and super nice she's a genuinely i can feel that like you're very authentic um kind and uh person who likes to help so yeah definitely reach out to her connect with her um yeah so thanks so much for your time Uh, This is it. (laughs) Thanks again, Lucy. (laughs) Thank you for joining us this week. 
Hope you learned something new from this episode, and now you are motivated and fired up to make your dream come true. Make sure to share with others who might need to listen to this podcast because this is something they needed to listen to to be inspired. We never know. Lastly, be sure to subscribe and follow Self Made Express with Lucy John on Apple Podcasts or Spotify or wherever you listen to podcasts. And I will talk to you very soon. Thanks for being here.